There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to an Everything Iconic Pop Dive with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today we're diving into the 1998 classic, You've Got Mail. Starring Queen Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and directed and written by Queen Nora Ephron alongside her sister Delia, the film was released December 18, 1998 to great reviews. It grossed over $250 million worldwide and was based on the 1940 film The Shop Around the Corner, itself based on a 1937 Hungarian play called Perfumery. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. Anyway, Meg and Tom previously had starred in Joe vs. the Volcano and another favorite, Sleepless in Seattle, together. You've Got Mail is, without a doubt, my all-time number one favorite movie. I invited film producer and You've Got Mail enthusiast Trevor Duke Moretz to talk about the film, favorite moments, and so much more. Now, confession. I have seen You've Got Mail 200 times. I get lost in the dialogue. Words like tither, mischance, felicity. I'm always in agony over whether NY152 and Shop Girl are really going to get together. Watch it. I know you'll love it. (laughs) This is an Everything Iconic pop dive into You've Got Mail. I turn on my computer. I go online. Welcome. Welcome. And my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. You've got mail. What is going on with you? Is it infidelity if you're involved with someone on email? This woman is the most adorable creature I've ever been in contact with. Have you had sex? Of course not. I don't even know it. Mm, I mean cyber sex. No. Well, you know what? Don't do it. Because the minute you do, they lose all respect for you. In a city where everyone's looking for someone, Joe and Kathleen have discovered the best way to meet someone <gasps> is to never meet at all. You just email. It's really nothing. I don't know his name or what he does. Look, 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 look. Or where he lives exactly. What? He couldn't possibly be the rooftop killer. What they don't realize... What is that? What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. Is they already have. Joe Fox, I'm in the book business. I am in the book business. What should I have said to a man who has made my professional life in misery? Tell me something, really. How do you sleep at night? Fight. Fight to the death. In life, they're at odds. She's beautiful, but... She's a pill. Online, they're in love. Do you think we should meet? Meet? Oh, my God. I'm going to say hello, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, and then I'm going to split. That's what I'm going to do. Why am I even doing this? Why am I compelled to even meet her? Relax. Just taking it to the next level. And I'm not going to stay that long anyway. I already said that, didn't I? Yes, you did. No. He could be the next person to walk into the store. He could be. May I please come up? No, I don't really think that that is a good idea because I have a terrible cold. Here I am. 
guys. I'm here with Trevor Duke Moretz. Trevor, how Hi. are you doing? Good. How are you? I have never been more excited because You've Got Mail is my number one all-time favorite all-time movie. All-time favorite. Like, number, number one. And I've been wanting to do a pop dive into this movie forever. Like, since I started this podcast, I'm like, I want to do a You've Got Mail-centric episode. Well, because it was like a seminal... I think teenage childhood movie for anybody who's like under the age of like 35 ish. Right. It was like, that was like our teenagehood, I think. Right. Do you remember the first time you saw it? I do. I do remember. Tell me. I saw it. So my, I grew up in a very rural, small town in Georgia, Northwest Georgia. And we, like our big thing as a group was going to the movies like every Friday night. No matter like what it was, like whatever like the movie to see, we were seeing it, and we went like as a big that group. That was the movie to see. That was the boy, movie 99. to see. That I was what was I? Thirteen. I was thirteen years old. Ninety nine. So like it was. We all it was like Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks. Like you know it was the thing. So we went and saw it, and I remember driving home my friend Dyer Kennedy's mom's van. That's very. Sketch. <laughs> just, just a smidge. I was in the back of a van. <laughs> I was in the back of a, of a person's van. And she. And I remember her being like, Trevor, you like want to be a director or work in movies? Like, what'd you think? And I was like, I loved it. She's like, well, what would you change? I remember her saying, what would you change about it? And I was like, nothing. Right. Loved right. the whole fucking thing. Right. And now you're a movie producer. Yeah. You've produced uh, Kick-Ass 2. Mm-hmm. you produced uh, Cameron Post. Which yeah, is in Cameron Post. Um, a couple other things. What? Uh, now my mind's winking. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll slow, just go to IMDb. It's all there. So, so let me ask you this. Now, you just rewatched it. We were texting like, yes. the other night. And what did you think? Look, you thought it was a perfect movie then. Oh yeah. What did you think now? Do you still think it's? Well, it's the funny thing because I was when I was watching it and I was like, okay, like we could go two ways. Like we could go like gay nostalgia or like gay like nitpicky. Do you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. If I'm just like myself at home alone watching it, I still I'm in love with it. Me too. I mean, I can watch it anytime, day or night. Right. I can catch the beginning, the middle, the end, and it's. Always as good as the first time. Totally agree. Yeah, you know, it's one of those movies that I literally, no joke, watch maybe 10 times a year. Like, at least put on. Yeah. I don't know that I, I don't necessarily, like, sit and and view it in its entirety, but I at least put it on at least, like, 10 times a year. Well, because it spans all the different, like, seasons. That's the problem. So, like, is it a Christmas movie? Is it a fall movie? Is it a spring movie? Like, I wish, I wish I could, like, fast forward my life when I watch it. I wish I could, like... I wish I could pause it every time a season changes, like fast forward and get to that season and then right. watch that moment. Like Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving, Christmas is Christmas, right. spring at spring. Like that's. I was going to ask you what what do you consider it? Like a holiday film? Because I always think of it as a holiday film. It, of course, came out in the holiday season. This is the 20th anniversary. Mm. Oh my God, that's insane. I know. And also, P.S., I didn't mention this, but it's on HBO Go if anyone wants to listen to it. It plays on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. But yes, the past like four times I've watched it in the past week was on HBO. Yeah, it's just, it's a comfort food movie for me. Like, I feel like I have anxiety and stuff. So whenever I feel like everything's overwhelming, or even one time I got like too high on an edible. (laughs) No joke. Those make me throw up. So I don't, I do not eat them. Oh my God, I don't anymore too. (laughs) They make me vomit. Two two bad experiences on edibles, but one of them, (laughs) my boyfriend like immediately put on You've Got Mail to calm me down. I was like... (laughs) I was like, we need to call the doctor, you know, call the police or whatever. As you're like, like exorcist style vomiting, you're right. like, turn it on, turn it on. <laughs> put on, you've got mail. He put on, he put on Will and Grace at one point, and then you've got mail. Will and Grace, like I was, I was tripping, and I yeah. thought I saw the audience. <laughs> I don't know. That's this is. Never I feel like I feel like you. I feel like Will and Grace is just too, um, too spastic. Like right. if you're having a, if you're having like a, a, a moment, An you've episode. got mail. Always calming. I, calming. Right. Never again will I have an edible. But it, it did make the movie going experience quite fun. 
<laughs> you were you were like you were like the pencils that like in like on the desk, or you were like you turned into like the scotch tape that she's sniffing, <laughs> and you're like that makes me feel better. <laughs> the newly sharpened pencils. That's one of my favorite lines. Don't you love New York in the fall? It makes me want to buy school supplies. Okay. Oh. I would send you a bouquet of newly sharpened pencils if I knew your name and address. I wanted like every time. And by the way, I still feel that way. I was with my boyfriend the other day and I was like, it was like, it was like September 1st. And I was like, don't you just want to go buy school supplies? And he was like, he was like, I do want to go buy Lisa Frank, like Trapper Keepers. Yeah. And I was like, that's how I feel. Right, right. My friend Tina DeRosa, she sent me a bouquet of newly sharpened pencils once for a birthday. I was going to bring you a pack of pencils, but then I thought there's no point because I can't sharpen them. And, right, right. But I do want a bouquet of newly sharpened pencils. She sent me one, and I swear it was like the best gift ever. I loved it. It's phenomenal. Did you ever see Shop Around the Corner? That was the original. Yes. What this movie I is. Have, I have seen Shop right. Around the Corner, and there's also a musical that it's based off of right. that uh, my friend Zachary Levi was just in on Broadway. What do you do? What do you make of it? Do you like the shop around the corner? Do you like the? I mean, the I look. Version? I don't think any. I love the Broadway version because it's right. very similar to the film. Yeah. Um, to to you've got mail. Um, I just prefer you've got mail just yeah. because it's it's modern, it's snappy. Like there's so the writing is so brilliant, and Nora right. Ephron, rest in peace, as a director was like phenomenal. Right. You know what's interesting to me about this is it feels so uniquely Nora Ephron. Like even all of the dialogue, mm. it's like coming from you can feel it coming from Nora, but then it also fits the characters. Do you know what I mean? Everything about it, yeah, 100%. Like it it feels wholly Meg Ryan, it feels wholly Tom Hanks, but Nora Ephron's spin and her DNA is in every like fiber of like every scene. Right. And there's so much dialogue that I feel like doesn't you know as a writer it's mm. like you you normally hear the dialogue all should move the plot forward or but there's so much dialogue in this that's just dialogue do you but you know what they did they had a moment this is what 90s movies did really well was not everything had to be in service of the plot 100 percent and sometimes which is what we don't do anymore we don't build we don't build stars anymore we don't have this was a star vehicle right. so there is an overall plot which is boy meets girl guy kind of manipulates girl into loving it but right. it was a full vehicle for both of them wholly and we don't do that anymore just like write stuff specific for people because that's what they do best and it right. sometimes it's just fucking cute and we yeah. want that you know what i mean why do you think tom and meg work so well together because i that's love sleepless too question oh well, i know you're right in joe versus the volcano <laughs> Did you not mention that? Did you see? Did you see? They also did a movie called Ithaca. Or Meg directed a movie yes, called Ithaca. Yeah, and Tom has yeah, a scene. I did see that. Uh, yeah, Meg was a director for a minute. Um, <laughs> get get on screen, Meg. Get on screen. No, I wish she would have just directed like a nice rom com. God, like what exactly? I don't know because you know. So I watched it when I watched it the last time I watched it two days ago with my my oldest brother is straight, like very straight. How he many has, siblings do you have? Five of us total. Okay. So my oldest brother is straight and he hadn't seen this in like literally since it came out like 30, 20 years ago. He's like, oh, I'll watch that with you. And I'm like, well, this would be interesting. Like I always like to hear like, you know, the gay straight alliance. Like, what right. do you think about it? Like, is he, he an ally? That's yeah. you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> he, he kind of likes me and my other gay brother. So he's right. an ally. So he was watching it and he was like, wow, Tom Hanks is a dick in this movie. He was right. like, he's not nice to her right. and, and in no way is he even really charming besides the fact that he's tom hanks but it's like kind of like backhanded tom hanks you know what i mean mm-hmm. so they were i think i on it like i don't know if you could put many other women opposite him in this movie like I, if it was julia roberts it wouldn't work julia roberts right. i think is too strong like my best friends but like she was 
you know, she's so acerbic herself and she's so strong that I don't think it would have worked with her. Even yeah. maybe Sandy Bullock could have done it. And also uh, Tom Hanks, it's like we already have the preconceived notion that he's this nice guy. So it works it's for a, him too because correct. he's re- able to be a dick. We know that he can be sweet because we've seen that. This is his bad boy role. Like, oh, I'm a rich billionaire son who like is shutting down like oh, yeah. poor female owned b- b- books. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. The, today it, it's... Re- you know what? Hashtag me too. It's really a hard one. Like in totally. the post me too movie, you're like, ooh, this is. Even explaining this movie, the plot of the movie to someone else, it's like if you were to just go up to a stranger who'd never seen it before, they'd be like, what? That doesn't sound like a romance or a light movie. You would movie. be like, so this guy. Seems like an so, asshole. So first, first, first of all, the, my brother first, he, he's watching and he goes, so they're cheating on, like, so they're having an affair. And I go, well, but a sweet, but a sweet affair. Like, right. like, not a real affair. And he was like, yeah, but they're both like writing letters daily back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, this is where like, get, this is where gay nitpicky gets like, because I was like, no, it's sweet. And like, I love it. And like, I hope someone writes me an anonymous right. email that like my boyfriend doesn't know about. And we just had this total connection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> you know, what's interesting to me is that whole relationship. So Tom is with, uh, in the movie, Joe Fox. Yes. Played by Tom Hanks. He's with Parker Posey's character. Yes, Patricia. Patricia. And then Meg Ryan's Kathleen Kelly is with Greg Kinnear's Frank Nabaski. Frank Nabaski. <laughs> so they're both in these relationships when the movie starts. And when you do think about it, it is technically cheating. It's emotional cheating. When the, yes, that today I think we would call it. A, we'd call right. it an emotional affair. However, the older that I get, the more the more I sort of side with the fact that it's okay because they weren't really in good relationships. Well, right? that I, I well I think that's the way that it's, that's the brilliance of the, of the design of the movie. Because right. when you first watch it. You don't even like. I don't think for the first ten minutes you even realize that Meg Ryan's in a relationship because mm-hmm. you, yeah, like uh, Frank is in her apartment. She's like brushing her teeth. They're like he's getting dressed. Like they're in bed together, whatever. But they have a almost brother sister connection. And then there's that weird scene when like he goes to do that that talk show to like you know to to help spur on um, people to go to the shop around the corner. And he's like flirting with the uh, with thank the host. Th- thank you, th- thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And, and Meg Ryan's like. Is she oh is she sweating? Is she sweating? Is she touching herself? And you're like, yeah, you don't love each other no, they, at all. They don't. And that's the watching it through that lens, I think it's okay because he doesn't love her either. And no. Parker Posey doesn't love him. And Parker I don't think Parker loves anyone. I think Parker right. just loves Herself. her job and caffeine. Yeah. She makes coffee nervous. <laughs> what a brilliant line. Like I how how do you sleep at night? Joe Fox. F O X. The inventor of the superstore, of course. The Enemy of the mid-list novel, the destroyer of city books. Tell me something, really, how do you sleep at night? Ah, I use a wonderful over-the-counter drug, Ultradorm. Don't take the whole thing, just half, and you will wake up without even the tiniest hangover. You're Frank Navasky, aren't you? Yes. Your last piece in The Observer about Anthony Paul was was brilliant. Brilliant, yes. I'm Patricia Eden. Hi, Eden Bugs. Joe? This man is the greatest living expert on Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. You, you really like my, uh, my this piece? This is I'm Kathleen sorry. Kelly. Hi. Uh, my piece, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I'm flattered. <laughs> you write these things and you think somebody's going to mention them and a week goes by and the phone doesn't ring and you start to think I'm a, I'm a fraud. I'm like a failure or something. And to hear that. You know what always fascinated me about Julius and Ethel Rosenberg is how old they looked when they were really just 
our age. You know, she was actually she filmed a scene for Sleepless in Seattle. Really, like, she did. Yeah, they 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 just released uh, the deleted scene. I don't know I what is it the twenty fifth anniversary yeah, of that movie or something or thirty right. So just for this year, they released a special Blu Ray edition of it, and there was Parker Posey's deleted scene in it, and that's why Nora brought her back for oh, and like the genius yeah. role. So good. Now, we talked a little bit about technology. The technology in this movie... uh, Well, first of all, I have to mention that I knew Elwood Edwards, who's the You've Got Mail guy. Really? He's like the... I used to work for this... I interned at a Cleveland morning show like when I was in college, and he was a cameraman there. And he recorded it. His wife... uh, I wrote this down. His wife was working at Quantum Computer Services at the time, and he just recorded his voice on a cassette. He didn't make money for the You've Got Mail thing. Shut up. And, I mean, billions of us had that. And that was all of, like, 1996 to, like, 2003. Right. I remember him telling me... When I interned with him, it was, I guess, like, 2006 or something. I don't know. But I remember him saying that he didn't really make any money until the movie... Like, he got some money because they his were using his voice his in the movie. Or his voice, right? And then he got money when they started. Do you remember, like, it was like, you've got pictures? or they, There was a whole, like, movement of, you've got a fax. And you're like, okay. Right. Or he did, like, files done. You know, like That's right, that. yeah. Files done. And you're yeah. like, why are you so perky? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it was always very sweet, though. <laughs> I looked him up, though, to just to see, because I hadn't seen Elwood for years. What's he but, up to? Um, he's an Uber driver in Cleveland now. Well, you know what? Uber's opened up many doors to many right. people right but it's just it always stunned me that it's like uh, that was so the guy, popular the guy whose voice was literally on everyone's computer from right. like probably like the top white house like pentagon official to like you know us like stupid teen boys like i right. each other <laughs> right did you have aol when oh it my came out god yes yeah i, I didn't have it you didn't i was no. td913 <gasps> Trevor Duke 913, that's my birthday. My parents refused to get us. We got like Netscape Navigator. Do you know? <laughs> it's like my parents were so fucking cheap. <laughs> my parents had to get AOL because I went to a child psychiatrist because I had all these like weird issues about reading. And my psychiatrist was like, he needs a computer, but it has to be a Mac because they're easy to operate and he has to have AOL because it's the simplest like thing so we can get online. Then he was like, and by the way, put him on Ritalin because he can't concentrate in school. <laughs> I was like, I was so mad mid 90s it was crazy yeah, yeah so yeah. yes i had aol it was like my my parents were tricked into having to get it for me and i just used it for chat rooms let me tell you what wasn't easy to work with was netscape navigator <laughs> was it that was, the one with the what is what was the icon for that one was that the um it was just like a big n yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i thought so well, like the tri- was there a, was like a circle it was or like really ugly green yeah it was something. green it was like teal and i just we were so pissed i was like can't we everyone else AOL. i was like can't we just get aol and we got it really late so it wasn't even like well, we it got it free after a while remember eventually you got it in the mail right. like the the, the cd rom or the what's it called just cd but see my parents refused to give me the credit card info just to get the free trial of it <laughs> so it was like we just did not have it oh i, I always steal my parents credit card i would oh. just take it right out of my mom's purse you're a better yeah. man than i am i once ordered or a worse what, man <laughs> I, I i was really shady i i once ordered like a um, what are they called? Like the like those old microphones. It's like a long microphone for your computer, so you could like use voice notes. This is a billion years ago, and it came to the house one day. And I do you remember that movie Blank Check? Of course, yeah. And he wrote his name down and was like like George Macintosh. Right, that's right. literally what I wrote down. as like the res- and my mom was like, "This has come for a Mr. Macintosh." It was like a sixty dollars, and I was like, "That's so crazy." Who did that? My mom was like, "Mac, Mac, my or my father." She's like, "We've been hacked. Like we've been <laughs> there's fraudulent, fraudulent charges." And I was like, like "Nope, no, that was wasn't, me. That, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> I never got the microphone because I never fessed up." Uh, Blank Check <laughs> was like so wish fulfillment to me. Like I <sighs> loved that movie, but- and Karen Duffy, who was the female that flirted with the young boy 
<laughs> very, very inappropriate. God, but 90s movies was, were so inappropriate. Right. I know when you think about it, it's like she was just flirting with that. That's young what ra- boy. that's what that's what we were raised on. I know. She was in Housewives of New York this past season. Wait, where when? She was Carol's friend. Do you remember Carol through yeah. that book launch party for her friend? Yes, that's who she brought? Right. That was well, it was for her book. It was, it her, was it, her See, it all comes back to Housewives. That's really where it all really? comes. Really? It's the sick thing. Everything can go back to Housewives. Tom Hank Joe Fox would be on the Real Housewives of New York. Like, if he was real, mm. he would be like a Tom. Like, he would totally be trolling those ladies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if he was, like, alive today, like, if he had aged. Because, like, right. they never would have stayed together. He right. and Kathleen. No, I don't think. Not. Well, I, I was going to ask you that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But I want to I wanna mention a couple. Of, during the election, I remember somebody tweeting that Joe would have definitely been for Trump and Kathleen would have been. Oh. I, uh, I refuse to look into any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. I, you there can't. was this article I saw and it just, it was the headline. And I was like, I'm not going to read that because like this movie to me is such an escape. And that's it's like, I refuse problem. to If we get, ruin it. No, we're, we're not if, ruining that's it. That's what I was saying. If you gain it, pick it. You're gonna have no, a gay not, meltdown because it's not, not good. No, we're uh, just assuming, assuming it's the best. They love each time. other, and that's all that fucking matters. <laughs> but okay, so back to the technology. I was I, every time I watch it, it still doesn't feel dated to me. Look, email email did not go away, right. and there was a moment like when people thought like like is this gonna go to the way of the facts? Like they didn't know like what would be the next kind of thing, and people thought for a minute like the IMs would take over email because like what because right. IM was not around in the beginning. It was email, and then it became IMing, and then you know we got cell phones. I could like immediately text, but I mean I think email is something we still all do and you may not do it now as a young if you're a younger if you're a youngster yeah. but um once you're past the age of 26 like and you have any sort of job you email and you almost use it as text messaging but email still around and i don't i i think i i mean this is so cheesy but i think that overall the the universal language of love is real like i mean right. it's like it's that it's that anonymity is there and i think that that still rings true. I mean, you watch it and you still get a smile. The minute you say you've got mail thing and like she opens up her computer, like even he, like he smiles like twice in the whole fucking movie and it's because he has mail right, <laughs> on right. his laptop. Do you know what I mean? The opening warms my heart as soon as the cranberries comes oh. on. What will NY152 say today, I wonder? I turn on my computer. I wait impatiently as it connects. I go online and my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. Got mail. I hear nothing, not even a sound on the streets of New York, just the beat of my own heart. I have mail from you. But that's what the movie is so quintessentially 90s, but also like a clueless, it is timeless. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Totally. It doesn't agree. like you get big sweaters and and also I think that I think this was I, I do agree about this. I think this was the first time this was the introduction to like PSL basic bitch fall culture. Right. I think that I do mm. think that this movie was a gateway PSL. Uh, my friend shares claim uh, coined that term. It's a gateway PSL for all of that millennial just like the obsessiveness right. of the fall. I think this all comes from that movie. You know, I remember seeing it as a young kid and being obsessed with the idea of going to a big city. And I, I was 100. grew up in small town Ohio, and I remember seeing them go to Starbucks, which we I didn't even have a Starbucks. No, in God, no, no, no. We barely had a coffee shop in my small town. And I remember seeing it and thinking, like, I want to move to a big city, and I want to be able to go get Starbucks. And it seemed like such a far off life. It was so wish. It was it, that was wish fulfillment. Right. Like it was like living in the big city, having this adorable like McKinsey Child's like apartment and like money like that. Like I don't. We just 
None of that was in my small town. Nothing like that was in my small town. Right. And at the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to all of these uh, peripheral characters. I mean, we have Steve Zahn, Heather Burns, who they both work at Kathleen's yeah. store. Mm-hmm. Heather Burns is just so great, too. She's, She's of course, uh, been in Miss Congeniality. She was also in Two Weeks Notice with Sandra Bullock again. Yeah, right. I She's like her. a Judy Greer, where every time she shows up, you're like, but what is, is she doing now? I wish she worked more. Because I literally yeah. thought, like, I mean, Dave Chappelle, Steve Zahn... Parker, I mean, the, the, the peripheral characters are, ever, I mean, they're all phenomenal actors. And right. I, she's so funny. She's such a good comedian. You know, Dave Chappelle was giving an interview for Star is Born, and he said it was the first good movie he's done. And I, of course, got so mad. That is ridiculous. <laughs> so mad. I was like, no, it's not. You, obviously. And he's so good in this. But my favorite is Heather Burns, where she goes, Is it infidelity if you're involved with someone on email? Have you had sex? No. Of course not. I don't even know him. Mm, I mean, cyber sex. No. Well... No, don't do it. The minute you do, they lose all respect for you. Mm. So her delivery good. is fantastic. Oh my god, I love her. I love her so so much. And then of course, Birdie is fantastic. Yeah, we're just like, oh, and Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm endlessly fascinated by the dialogue. I know we talked a little bit about it, but Nora has such a gift of talking about pop culture references like Pride and Prejudice, The Godfather, uh, or the, or even just the purpose of Starbucks. And it's, it's like the dialogue. Well, even this, that, yeah, so you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because it it's so... So all those movie references are so perfectly interwoven seamlessly. And the, the star, just the Starbucks dialogue in reference to real life and how Joe is explaining to Kathleen via email why Starbucks is important. It's not because we want coffee or we love coffee. It's because you feel important and unique in that, you know, to, we used to wait 45 seconds at the coffee shop. Now it's, wait, I just waited for 20 minutes to get a right. venti iced latte. But you, that dialogue and how she worked it into the scene is genius. So, it's so good. Genius. The whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision making ability whatsoever to make six decisions just to buy one cup of coffee short, tall, light, dark, calf, decaf. Low fat, non fat, etc. So people who don't know what the hell they're doing or who on earth they are can, for only two ninety five, get not just a cup of coffee, but an absolutely defining sense of self. Tall, decaf, cappuccino. I also love just the book culture. I mean, I worked at a Borders bookstore in I, high school. I used to want to work at Barnes and Noble, and I I got. I got into Cheesecake Factory, and they denied me at the Barnes & Noble. Probably my best, one of my best jobs. Like, I worked their holiday seasons, and it would be so crowded. (gasps) Cozy, and like, it's warm, and it's, ugh, and the books just... That was amazing. I love a bookstore. But then Borders Books, of course, closed, much like Kathleen's store. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks, Fox Books. There's a a piece of dialogue where Kathleen says that she worries she hasn't been brave. and That piece of dialogue where she goes, what does she say exactly? She says... Sometimes I wonder about my life. I lead a small life. Well, valuable, but small. And sometimes I wonder, do I do it because I like it? Or because I haven't been brave? So much of what I see reminds me of something I read in a book when, shouldn't it be the other way around? I don't really want an answer. I just want to send this cosmic question out into the void. So... Good night, dear Void. That's a really amazing line. It's poignant. It's it's beautiful. And it's I wonder, heavy. did you ever feel like you were stuck in a job oh my like God, the yes. Cheesecake Factory? Oh my! Are you? Are, if you're insinuating that my peak of my pinnacle of my career was 
not at the Cheesecake Factory, then I don't know what you're talking about because no, I'm, I'm hoping to go back there. Um, Did, yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, have you? I mean, yeah, I think everyone I think, has. Uh, I mean, oftentimes, even you know, before I started this podcast, like a couple a, a year, to, a couple years ago, I felt really stuck in my career, and I I've sort of talked about this on the show before, but I. Uh, I had been doing sketch and improv and stand up and stuff, mm. and I just felt like well, I didn't know what I was. I wasn't getting anywhere with it, and then I had yeah. some professional setbacks. Wasn't and creatively I, fulfilling you like right. you wanted it to? Yeah, and I felt like I just had completely gotten stuck, and that's when I got this really bad bout of depression, mm. and I really felt like stuck in my life. And then once I picked myself out of the depression, and I and I really starting this podcast kind of like opened up a lot of doors. You went to the mattresses. Stuff. I went to the mattresses. You went to the mattresses. <laughs> yes, and I, I feel like I got out of it. But I, I think everyone, it's such a relatable feeling to feel like you're stuck. One hundred percent. I think we've all been there. And, and you know what? I, I definitely felt the same way. I've been in really dead end jobs. I've been in. Um, career paths that I thought I wanted that there's nothing honestly what's even scary I think is like getting the job you thought you wanted and mm-hmm. it not being what you thought it would be right. and that is really almost more scary than working really hard and it like spinning your wheels because I've been there and then I've gotten the thing I wanted and been like oh no that didn't make me happy either and then that makes you you know have to question yourself and really dig and f- figure out what what is it that you do want and yeah I don't know right. I think that's something everyone can relate to we talked about seasons, how this movie is really Ugh. broken up into seasons. In winter, the shops close. So, like, right after Christmas, the shops close. They break up with their respective others. Mm-hmm. They break up with Greg Kinnear, Parker Posey. And then spring comes. Kathleen's sick. Kathleen Ugh. and Joe start to fall in love. Like, that's when they really... That's when it all happens. They're... I mean, I, I, honestly, I think I think he falls in love with her over the caviar garnish. If you notice in that scene, when they're mm-hmm. at that, like, holiday dinner and she walks over and because he's like taking all the kids she's like that caviar is a garnish and she she walks over and starts scooping it off his plate and he has a look at her and i'm like that's where you fell in love with her joe fox that's that's, that's yeah, my that's take that. but anyway yeah spring is when that like really heats up yeah that's when they start hanging out in new york they start eating lunches together well that's after he's discovered that she is shop girl yes he knows and so then he <laughs> starts to okay so tr- trick her into falling in love right with so I have a question. Do you think it was he was technically lying to her, right? Like, <laughs> it was absolutely. And this is I, again, we're this, not gonna we're not gonna no, nitpick because <laughs> I was like, this is where the gay gay nitpick versus gay nostalgia, and I want to keep this as like this is my emotional no, PSL. This is, a, this is a celebration of this movie. Which I'm drinking right now. It's a PSL. It's a cold right. PSL. Is it? Oh my god, is that what you're I drinking? I had them do. I do one pump of pumpkin spice latte into my cold latte. I love that. I, I should have told you to get me one. You I asked. You I, asked. I know you should. To be fair, listeners, I. How dare you? Texted ahead of time, and I was very cordial. And I he invited me into his home, and I invited him into fall with a PSL. Right. <laughs> um, I also uh, rewatching this movie and taking notes for it. I realized I model so much of my life after this movie. Like oh daisies are my favorite flower because of this movie. When <laughs> one of my best friends is the same thing. She's yeah. like, aren't they just the cutest flower? Because like some people are like daisies are a trash flower. I'm like, Kathleen Kelly says they're amazing. No, I literally the only reason I get the daisies is because of Kathleen Kelly. There's a lot. There's a sad. There's a lot that I do because right. of this movie. Buying pencils that I don't use. One, <laughs> if I'm in somewhere in the fall, I just want to pick up the very very beginning of the movie. She picks up a pumpkin, and just carries it to work. Like I'll just buy one, but I'm carrying it home. That's what what does she say? Don't you just love the smell of scotch tape? Oh, just just love, don't you love the smell of scotch tape? What is wrong with you, Heather That's, Burns again? Yeah. <laughs> no, I. It's there's so much that I do. Like I want my bed to always look like hers. Like never fully made, mm-hmm. just like kind of rumpled. 
Beautiful. There's there's a scene at one point where she's eating soup, or you know, oh. it's like just a montage, and she goes and sits. She sits on the floor next just, to the chair, right? But and there's her like cute the, little socks. The gorgeous chair is right there. No, that but she sits down on the like, floor next yeah, to uh-huh, it. That beautiful like feather down chair that like everyone wanted to have like in like 1998, and then she just sits right on the floor and eats her soup. Because I was gonna say to you, is there anything or anyone cuter than Meg Ryan? Do you actually no. think? Because when you watch this movie, even her line delivery, she's like. She's like, oh no, Frank! I, she has this like, like place she goes to, like right into her nose, right. and her she's and her hair is so cute. That's that good Sally Hershberger, like you know, little bob she did that everyone had to have. And the blonde is like not too blonde; it's perfectly blonde. And she kind of dresses kind of marmishly in this movie. Like there's a right. lot of like collars and like linen, like straight necked, like turtlenecks, and like three quarter length like sleeves. Like it's not. It's not fashionable per se. Not sexy at not all either. Not sexy at all, which I love. And also, I think no one else would be able to pull off those. That's what looks. I was going to say. Like, yeah. If Julia Roberts dressed like that, you'd be like, what? Whose right. mom's closet did you raid? Right. Like, she's always wearing a heavy linen. Like, you know what I mean? It's always, it's not, I don't think it was even fashionable for the time. It just was adorable and it looks so freaking comfortable well i mean this movie really is like sexless they they kiss at no the there, end. there's no there's kiss. no sexuality to it i mean there's one kiss at the end and it looks like when your dad like when right. you're like eight and your dad kisses you on the cheek to go to bed you know right. what I mean? you're like bye dad i love you like yeah. it, it's still like not like but that's part of the appeal to that's me, why right? I, I think that's why i like it because i don't feel threatened in any way i don't feel even though he's being like a little acerbic there's no threat of any kind and i feel like and but you know Meg is so gentle, Kathleen is so gentle right. that I feel like if there was anything like overbearing like that, you would like I don't know we would be it would be so turned off because she right. is such a sweet soul. You know you mentioned Julia Roberts and it's like in the same way that I don't know that anyone else could have played Julia Roberts character in My Best Friend's Wedding. I know I just watched that. Like I don't think too. I mean it's such a it's fantastic. No, but I don't think Meg may, could have played maybe Sandra Bullock only. Yeah, Sandra Sandra can play a little bit. She can she's she still can a little girl she's still, next she's door. But she's still a strong girl next door. Right. Like not that Meg is weak, but Meg just has like Meg feels more fragile and like you want to like protect Meg. Whereas like if Sandra or Julia get into like they're gonna be fine. I re- read recently a story about Meg's hair in the movie and she has that you mentioned the yep. haircut that everyone wanted. Tell her she was, baby. She was saying that when she got that haircut, it was actually very hard to maintain. It lo- it looked it. And she said everyone would go get that haircut and no one could get it very to look like Very few people's... Well, first of all, when you see someone on screen in a movie, like they've gone through lit- a, a, a female, an actress has gone through, I mean, minimum three hours. Oh, that's crazy. Like, at least three hours. And then you're talking about someone like, like literally touching your hair right before action. I mean, look, you could never maintain that. But Meg also has really great hair. I mean, remember Harry Met Sally? Yeah. Her hair, like, she has really thick, like, curly hair. And then this movie, it's like kind of like, I think, well, yeah, it was the 90s. It was like late 90s. So like, everyone was flat ironing. Right. I mean, I was flat ironing after that. <laughs> and I have flat hair. So I was like, I was like, I need a flat iron. <laughs> There's like I, a lot of wax. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm such a huge Meg Ryan fan. And of course, I love Harry Met Sally. I love uh, Sleepless in Seattle. And I always say this. I'm devastated that Meg's not working more in film because she did give us so much. Makes and me so... I feel, she's a treasure that we're not getting. That like right. we, feel depri- we feel deprived. Right. You know what I mean? We, like, we're, we're mad because we want... Her energy and her being, her lightness. Again, right. I think right now, like in these times, like we 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 deserve it, right? And I get so mad at people because there was a time where Meg Ryan was really the butt of the joke. I mean, she was doing <sighs> fillers and stuff, yeah, which yeah. did make her look different. Her than... lips in this movie, I think, just, she just had started the upper lip, right? 
and but it still looked great. And then she went a little larger, and people really, really went after her. Like it was that whole Russell Crowe scandal. It just felt like everyone really like she became the uh, the country's villain at one point. Yeah, and I know the Russell Crowe thing you mentioned. She was alleged to have an affair with him, or I, right. I think she yeah, I think they admitted was, to it. Yeah, I remember it, that was like, something like that. On Proof of Life. Yes, that, that movie. Uh-huh. They did. I, by the way, I was like twelve years old following the story. Right, <laughs> like, me too. <laughs> like, like sitting at home, being like, she did what? My mom's like, oh, do you have a girlfriend, Trevor? I'm like, hold on, Meg Ryan. She, she's had an affair. Dennis Quaid's in trouble. I would get my Nickelodeon magazine. I'm like, did they mention it? <laughs> hey, mom, did you get Us Weekly this week? <laughs> Stealing it like, like my mom gets back from the nail salon. I'm like going through her purse, like looking for the credit card and the Us Weekly. <laughs> I always got, I got Entertainment Weekly like since I was. Oh my God. My mom drove me to Atlanta to get Variety when I was like literally oh nine my years God. old. Because she that's... knew I like love film. And she was like, you got to read Variety. I hear that's what they read. She didn't did she smoke it. a cigarette? I no, I wish. Oh my God, I wish. No, she was very 90s. My mom looked like. My mom was like French, like blonde French twist, like in a fur. <laughs> it was very nineties. I love that. I only got Entertainment Weekly and Nickelodeon, but I was obsessed with Nickelodeon because Rosie was always on the cover. Oh my god, yeah, and she was always in the Kids Choice Awards. Yeah. yeah, but so I always I get mad that uh, Meg Ryan is was looked at as such a villain when she did give us so much, and Dennis Quaid was. He was the one who got all the uh, sympathy. And he, and, I mean, I'm not he gonna, was philandering too, he, allegedly. As well, as well, from yeah. what I know, and tell, by the way, I was at a bar with him five weeks ago in New York. Is he attractive in person? He is. He is not. So here's my take: Dennis Quaid from like the '80s. Holy shit, gorgeous, like, yeah. done right. Yeah. But this this is Dennis Quaid, your grandfather. Like he really? he had a little bit of a belly. He was drinking Maker's Mark. He, we were at the Gramercy Hotel, and I literally like freaked out. Like I grabbed someone beside me. My friend didn't even. know. My friend was like, "Who?" And I go, "I we can't." How be. dare you? Yeah, I, right. I, I was like, I was like, first of all, the parent trap. <laughs> Second of all, you've got mail. Right, right. He's yeah, he's older, but from what I know, he was problematic for Meg Ryan. Right, and the, I am in Meg's corner and all that. She because she was America's sweetheart, she had a further place to fall from the pedestal and i don't like that we do that to a women and especially like our female stars that give us so much and that you right. want so much from and then you just want to like attack them and i don't like that right and i always say this and people are probably so annoyed with me but katherine heigl i feel like the punishment did not fit the crime for no, her and i actually know the uh, one of the, my friends runs a studio that she worked a lot for and i was talking about her like a year ago and i was like she's just a nightmare and he was like Honestly, one of the nicest people we've ever worked with. And she oh. like produced multiple movies that he did with her and yeah. had wonderful things to say about her and her mom. I, I had heard from people that it was her mom was just a little tougher as a manager, but I, I, that she was lovely. Yeah, I've, I've heard uh, good I've heard good things. I've heard, I mean, yeah. I've heard and not, good. again, I don't, she did say and do maybe some problematic things in the past. Like, I'm Correct. not saying she was innocent. Oh, no, you're not a saint. But I always say, like, look at someone like Mel Gibson, who now oh, my he's God. in fucking daddy's I home, fucking, too. I can't, and, and just got, like, a, a huge directing job over. Right. Fucking Warner Brothers. I and was screaming. Like, I was screaming the, the other day. Screaming. Wait a minute. So like Throwing he's able. we the public is able. You can to you can so you can sexually him. like harass a cop and be openly anti-Semitic and have like one of the biggest agents in town drop you from your agency. But eight years off. By the way, you got two hundred million dollars in the bank from that Jesus movie, and right. you get to come back eight years later just because you were quiet for a minute. And not saying that people Bullshit. shouldn't be allowed to be forgiven. It's just the female stars. Women are, are not given the same. To, uh, such a different standard. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. At 100%. It drives me. It drives me up a wall. You're. I hope you don't. I, I can mm. cut this. I hope you don't mind me saying this. But your sister's Chloe Grace Moretz. She is. That's true. Do you worry about that with her? All about, the time. Right. All the time. I mean, we've. It's been an open conversation. 
in work and business since she was about, I mean, sadly, but since she was about 14, we had to understand that, you know, you know she took a stance on, she's very political right. and she's very strong and she's very opinionated. And um, it's worked out that the times that she grew up in have changed to kind of reflect where she actually is. That's interesting you say that because if the, if she was as outspoken as she is oh, now, when, when like let's say Meg Ryan or, or, the, or right. the mid nineties, you you were it was crazy. Remember like the Dixie Chicks? They didn't right. even say what they said. They it was like they literally stood up and were like, you know, like I don't respect what the president did, and it was like, oh hell, hell broke loose. Right. You know what I mean? But no, right. it's a definitely a conversation when you have women in this industry. It's it's um it's not fair, and you see it. You see it a lot, a lot more, especially when you um, when you really examine it. Right. And at least we're at a time when you can. You can examine it now. Right. I want to go back to the end of this movie because I just love the ending so much. So the Ugh. end, it starts, the end starts with the summer, which is the start of their romance, right? Yes. So it's almost like we're led to believe that the summertime, this, the ending is the start of their romance, yes, really. Correct, 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 correct. And Joe goes to Kathleen before she's about to meet NY152. NY152, yeah. And... He said oh. they had, he has this wonderful moment where he says, yes. "If I haven't been, if I hadn't been Fox Books, and you hadn't yeah, been Shop Around the Corner, you know, sometimes I wonder what. Well, if I hadn't been Fox Books, and you hadn't been the Shop Around the Corner, and you and I had just met, I know. Yeah, yeah. I would have asked for your number." And I wouldn't have been able to wait 24 hours before calling you up and saying, hey, how about, oh, how about some coffee or, you know, drinks or dinner or a movie for as long as we both shall live. And that speech he gives her is just so, and you could tell in her eyes she's looking at him. Wanting it, like, and thinking that it couldn't be because of the past and what it is. Yeah, very Romeo and Juliet situation. And then she still goes off to meet her NY152. Yep. Brinkley shows up. She hears Joe's voice. I know Brinkley. I love love Brinkley. I know, me too. Uh, She hears Joe's voice, and then Somewhere Over the Rainbow plays. Don't cry, shop girl. Don't cry. And the dreams that you did. I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. And she says, I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. And that just melts my heart. I, first of all, get raging sinuses from seeing all the flowers like I have right now. <laughs> my full aller- allergies like explode. But also I'm like, but by the way, Somewhere of the Rainbow is like my absolute favorite song on earth. Right. Because I'm like the biggest Wizard of Oz head ever. Oh, interesting. Oh my, that's my, that's why I do, that's why I'm in this industry today is all the Wizard of Oz. It's my ringtone on my phone. Oh my God. It's what do you love about that movie? Wizard of Oz? Yeah. What's your, what, what makes you love it so much? Uh, well, first of all, a girl from a small town yeah. has, you know, she wants more than what's around her and she goes off and has this adventure that tests all of her skills and, and makes her re-examine her life and people around her. And then she finds the strength within herself to understand that she could always do what she wanted, which is by then to go back home. And then when she gets back home, she understands what she had around her, but she never saw before. And I actually did that with my own like life from my, my small town. I can now appreciate it and love that and not live there, but right. <laughs> like right. love it. And that's, um, I don't know. It's just, it's always rung true for me, like my entire life. Yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. It's a beautiful moment. And and you've got mail when they play that that music. And again, we mentioned they just kiss at the end. There's no sex. There's no, it ends with their first kiss. It's, it's like, it's like a teenage relationship almost. And that it's 
it's all just talking and back and forth and banter and then or at least my teenage hood right, 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 <laughs> and then like and then like this like sweet kiss at the end that is like the big hopefully the beginning of like what what's to come i know and i do choose to believe that they would stay together i know I like so. the cynical side is to think that they wouldn't but we're fuck that <laughs> i think here's what i think would happen i think i honestly think what would happen is they'd get together he has billions of dollars. Right. I mean, they, his family is loaded. So I have a feeling either like within his like book empire, she would have opened up some like Kathleen's kids picks or something like for like Fox books or whatever, or like with the advent of the internet, like maybe she was like curating like a kid's list or he would have like opened her up something new like in town because here's the other thing. She sold that shop. Like this was 98. Right. She made some money selling that space. Like in the, yeah. unless she, unless she was just renting it, but I mean, how no, I think she, it? I feel like she owned it because her mom, her mom, her mom like would have bought it like back like in the fifties and it was like, oh, you're going to come into a couple million dollars. And do you think Fox books would have been like a borders and closed down or do you think Fox books would still be around like a Barnes? I don't know. I mean, that's a good, here's the thing. I think Fox books look nicer than a borders. Right. Well, and also looked nicer than a Barnes Noble. So I think I, I think Fox Books would have bought both of those. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? They would have taken them both over. That yeah. was a beautiful store. That flagship store they built in the movie is gorgeous. And it was a Barnes and Noble, I, I believe. Is that really true? Re- yeah, it was a Barnes and Noble, the in- indoors and outdoors, I believe. Really? I, yeah. Because I, I, I was like, if that's a fucking set. That, that thing is huge. With that big Statue of Liberty inside. Right. It's beautiful. That's what made me want to work at a Borders. I was like, I got to work Literally, I uh, love it. Yeah. So I was going to ask your favorite musical moment, but we said it was somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, for me, I think so. I mean, and you can't be the cranberries moment that that and was also, mine, the cranberries but also moment. that weird that weird christmas song they sing right which the is an actual song is that i was gonna google it it's an actual song uh the clarinet yeah the, yeah i yeah. can't sing but the yeah violin ring. Right. that's an actual <laughs> song which for the longest time just i think last year or something somebody told me that that's a real thing and i now saw, we have the internet we can look that right and i saw a clip of it's an old song the clarinet says do a do a do a da the horn, the horn, So, would you? Let's say you were Kathleen Kelly. Could you have forgiven Joe for? Would you have wanted to be with him at the end? Here's my problem. I mean, I am. Yeah, I mean, the answer will be yes because I'm a. I'm a total head over heels romantic, romantic. like one hundred percent. Like, yeah, I, I met my boyfriend in London ten years ago, and like he moved back to LA. Like we, that's just, I will do anything for love. If I think it's there and it's still like palpable and like, I would trust my heart always. So I would like to be like, no, tell him up. But no, the truth is absolutely 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to Tom Hanks. Me too. <laughs> do you have a favorite quote or a favorite scene from this movie? Yeah. Oh, I've gone over so many. I know Wait. we talked about the caviar as a garnish. I that, love that. I love ca- What is that? What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. The scene that Parker Posey when she walks in at the very beginning and she's like, with a pin dinner tonight, and he's like, Do I have to go? And she like hugs him and he does this weird like doggy like hump thing is great. And then I mean every scene she's in is really good. And then also the weird Frank Navasky scenes. I don't know. I I no, I don't think I could pick one, yeah. to be honest with you. I love this movie. What would uh, happen in a you've got mail of today? Like I if knew you were gonna ask me that. Today. Should it I have be, been more inventive with my question? No, no, because I, 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 I thought the same thing. I thought, like, well, let's say, like, you did, like, is it because you've got mailed a miniseries? You know what I mean? Because, like, or it, today would be a Netflix, like, romantic comedy because that's the only people making romantic comedies. 
it would have to be, I because I thought about this when I watched, like, would it be, would it be tender? Because I thought this, I was like, what's well, really, because like, if someone in 98 was like, I'm going to make a movie and it's going to be based around, like, email, you'd be like, you're, like, right. that's so today and that's so now, like, you can't do that. But if someone today was like, I'm going to make a dating movie, I'm going to do it, like, with Tinder or Bumble or whatever these kids are on, you, you, we, you know, your acerbic part would be like, that's going to be so, like, dated. But the truth is, like, that's what Nora Ephron did, yeah. you know? So, I mean, yeah, I guess it'd probably be, like, probably a dating app kind of thing. But then I thought, like, could you have the whole, like, today would be creepier. You'd be almost catfishing. Like, you have to post, like, a yeah. fake account with a mm-hmm. fake picture. And people would have to be, like, could you do it? Yeah. You'd be really, really inventive with cell phones, though. And really careful with the dialogue and the the character motivation. <sighs> the because problematicness the of all dynamic, this is, right. like, it's, it's all changed so much. It's why you don't have, like, a wedding comedy right now. More importantly... Who would you cast? Like, what what to male, female, or male, 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 female, female? Who do you think could have great chemistry to tackle oh, these roles? Fun. Let's say we're reboot. Let's say we're redoing it, but it's right. set in the '90s, so we're literally right. like doing a '99 yeah. movie with today's people. Yeah, so you could cast anyone. Anyone today? Gosh, let's think. Who's like a really? I mean, I. Who do you like in the romantic do, comedy do you know who space? Could be, okay, he hasn't done a lot of it, but he could be acerbic enough. Would be like a Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. And he's so sexy. So right. Like, that would work. And then a female... Have we seen Jake in a rom-com? I don't think I don't so, think but that's so why... But, but Tom Hanks' character is not a... He's not your typical rom-com guy. Yeah. He's, he's very New York. He's very, like, too cool. You know what I mean? Right. And he has to be, like, a businessman. So, like, I think Jake could, could work in that space. I'd like that. He's and sexy. Then, mm-hmm, he would work. And then female... Females... I mean, that's hard because you got to be cute. And, and you, have, you have to be, like... 30 31 you can't be young like yeah. you're you took over a shot from your mother you know what i mean like it like that's like a bit you can't be 22 maybe i just think rachel mcadams is just like the, i mean no, she's it's the so ultimate no no typical no. i love it I, i'm a huge fan of hers and like, everything can you imagine how cute she would be she'd be so great can yeah. you imagine like how like her and like jake jill on him being like oh and her stop. Be, like stop i'm too excited <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we gotta we gotta like oh not, God, not, now it. it's like okay okay i'll see that that remake i'll see I'm excited that they're making, at least Netflix is starting to do I know. these rom-coms again, because I love them so, so well, much. Well, because everyone was them. like, oh, they don't exist anymore, and no one wants to see them. Like, that's all, actually, that's all we want to see. Right now, we need it. we grew up on these movies, like, even The Mask was a romantic comedy. Like, it, like yeah. even though it was, it was zany, it was a romantic comedy. Yeah. Oh, I just saw a rom-com called Little Italy. Have you heard of this? With no. Hayden Christensen, Christensen no, and Emma I Roberts. No, I have not. I heard you talk about it on one of your oh my shows God. previously. It's like sort of a mess, but I loved what it. What year was this done? <laughs> it was the, like this... Oh, well, I don't know. It might have been made like three or four years ago, but it's it just Emma came out Roberts. like a couple weeks ago. Hayden Christensen, he... Yeah. And he plays like a, a Italian... No, Like a very that. strong Italian. That's and it's like, this need. is not... He's the like role the that widest, he's like the for. widest boy on earth. He's like so Canadian. <laughs> I know, but it tries to do all the like rom com tropes. There's nothing worse than a budget rom com, yeah. like where the and and you think anyone can do it. You think anyone can make it happen because right. so they're like, oh, we just hit these story points. Like Lifetime makes a big mistake of doing that. They're like, all we have to do is have this stuff happening, and it's right. not good. Uh, I would like to see Tom and Meg reunite again. I thought the same thing for something for a rom com. I would like a romantic. I wouldn't mind like a four or five part romantic kind of miniseries, something cute because they're so good. It's like having Sarah Jessica Parker on TV or like Julia Roberts doing like they're so good. Like you want to have right. them for a few hours. You know what I mean? Or even like an anthology romantic comedy like miniseries, like four four stories different every episode. Can you imagine? I'd love that. Uh, I think there's a space for that too. I, everyone would like to see them together. We're so into nostalgia these days. It's like that's we would love the nostalgia I mean, of seeing them together. That's all we're doing is we grew up on them, made us feel comfortable. When movies were being made that were 
real stories that were different. Right. I would also love to see them in wine country. Like I would just love to see them in <gasps> well, a wine. Wait, well, you know, there's a rom- there's a romantic comedy with Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. This right, I didn't watch that. And yet. I haven't either. But Destination Wedding. They're in wine country. Right. A a Napa Valley. Uh, Tom and Meg in like a real cozy like a uh, she, he he's Nancy the own, Myers. He's the owner of like a vineyard, and she's like a small town wine peddler. <laughs> oh. Just the, speak on my language, way, Trevor. The exact same plot as you got mail, right, just right. in wine, just country. in wine country. Like I, big, well, big cozy chunky sweaters and design porn and all that. It's so important to rom coms, and I also but say food porn's very. That's important. what's really great about Nora Ephron was like mm. she has a Nancy. So Nancy Myers does it really well, but I feel Nora had more of a knack for dialogue and totally. that chemistry. It's a little bit more real. I mean, I know it's right. all in this like you know fake world but i, feel I love world. nancy myers so so much but her oh my God, di- yeah. her dialogue and everything doesn't is just do, not quite it doesn't it's not Nora Ephron. no nora's got a great book too um she's got a bunch of great books but i remember in one of them i read she always says to have round tables at your house yeah do you, did you ever so hear that, that way, pe- that way i always pe- yeah. think about that so that everyone can talk to each other oh always so many of nora's little like bits i feel like follow me or i think about all the time which is little geniuses like little like smart yeah. Do you have a favorite was- Meg movie besides this one? Like, Meg what do you like movie. better? Do you like uh, Sleepless in Seattle or Harry Potter? No, Sally? I mean, my, my favorite is You've Got Mail. Yeah. My favorite yeah. Meg movie is is You've Got Mail. I, I really just, like a movie called cool. Hanging Up. She did <gasps> Diane Keaton. Yes, I love Hanging Up. I yeah. just watched it on Amazon the other it's day. It's so cute, right? Did you see, she was cute. The movie wasn't so great. Did you see her in The Women? Yes. It's like it's yeah, like yeah. it's like Meg doing Meg like and right. it was at that time like like outside of like the bounds of like where she being the most popular but she's still just like she's adorable right. in that too and I feel like that movie could have been it wasn't as great as it could have been maybe but I still like it Cur- she yeah. was supposed to have a she was supposed to have a TV show on NBC a couple of years ago right about being like a publisher but it never came it to fruition came I about. I feel like when now film stars doing TV so readily and it being so successful I think it's a I Matter I, of I know I know she wants to get back into work. I know right. that, and I think it's just so. She had a couple kids, like she's been growing up her kids, like, and I think she's now at a point where I think we'll have. I think we're gonna have her soon. I love her in an HBO style comedy. Her and I would like to have Goldie Hunt play her mom. Ah, okay. I have two more questions. These are from the Facebook group. Lucy Silverman said, "Can we talk about the serious, dry, cold, accomplished girlfriend type that is so popular in these movies? Parker Posey in this." Mm. Or uh, the girlfriend in Jerry Maguire, not Renee Zellweger. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Or SJP in Family Stone. Uh, have you encountered women like this in real life? I mean... That's sort of a type, right? That's like a type. I think it's definitely a type. Oh, well, that's what I hate about... That's why I like that this this comedy didn't do... Like, yeah, that's like that's Parker's character, but it's a small character. Right. It's not Meg's, and I like that because I think typically, like, the girl has to be, like, you know, she's hard-eyed, and the guy's fun, and he breaks her up and makes her, like, you know, let me show you life, girl. Or it's the other way around. The girl's, like, the Manny Pixie, Pixie Dream Girl, and it's right. like, that's not really there. But yeah, I've had a couple... I've had a couple guy friends the past few years who have uh, a couple of them actually married that girl and it made me we're not very close friends that's anymore. so interesting something you just said uh, meg ryan she does play a different type of female lead because a lot of times in these rom-coms they are sort of that ball she busting. has her own autonomy she has her own agency right. but she's not she's not a ball buster she's not like this like she's allowed to be sweet innocent and also run a business and correct. also correct yeah. like yeah i mean she's not this um like Oh, I'm only about my job because I could never be with a man and and run a business. Right. You know what I mean? And I like that. All right, we sort of talked about the other question, Trevor. 
This was so fun. I, I love it. I love you, Gabrielle, so, so much. Me. Any the, final thoughts of anything you want to say? Turn this movie on. It is on H. If you have HBO and you're already paying for it, you're getting it for free. So just, yes. I mean, I literally watched it four times in the past seven days. It's and just I so put it on right before you go to bed, and it just like lulls you into the most perfect space. It's the best. I love it's it. It's the best. Now, Trevor, your producer, can you please produce? A sequel or reboot <laughs> anything i'll write it you, you've got mail too on freeform this fall <laughs> so right after ashley benson right. <laughs> and noah centennial oh he's so cute he's like a cute he's really he's, he's got really like a little cute. uh he's got a good personality he's having a little kind. minute yeah, yeah he's having a little minute we'll see what happens uh where can people find you on social media i'm trevor d Moretz on twitter i'm trevor duke Moretz on instagram i'm always saying something off the cuff and I probably shouldn't be and then I have to delete it later. <laughs> and everyone should see Cameron Post because it's yeah, got, gotten rave reviews. The Miseducation of Cameron Post is a film about gay conversion therapy but it's not a heavy slog. It's actually it's it's actually funny and it's really cute and yeah we're in awards contention now so and you we're, produced it and your, your sister's in it. My sister stars in it yeah. And so yes. we all need to check out that. Take go see it. Go see Anything it. else Trevor? No I mean I'm just around. I'm so happy to be here. It's fun. Thank I've you. been following oh, you on God. Twitter. I follow your show. It makes me laugh yeah. in the gym. It gets thank me through that awful form 45 minutes I have to work out <laughs> thank you Trevor thank I love you. you for doing this no, I thank you for thank having you. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
You've Got Mail, as I said, is currently, as of this recording, available on HBO Go. I want to encourage everyone to find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Please join the Everything Iconic Facebook group. And if you want to support this podcast and get bonus episodes of the show, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you click on the link where it says become a patron and donate $4 or more per month, you get access to all of the bonus episodes. Plus, you just help me make this show. So please rate and review this on iTunes if you like it. Thank you so, so, so much. We just got a little taste of the film. We didn't even get to talk about some of the iconic cameos from actors like Chris Messina, who works in Fox Books, or Sarah Ramirez from Grey's Anatomy as the grocery store clerk who says Happy Thanksgiving back. We uh, we mentioned the clarinet song, you know, the clarinet, the clarinet. So that song is actually called the orchestra song. If anyone wants to look it up, that's the the song we mentioned. Uh, I people feel like people don't realize that that's a real song. <laughs> and uh, Trevor mentioned his love of Wizard of Oz. And Somewhere Over the Rainbow isn't the only little Wizard of Oz Easter egg. Kathleen Kelly also hangs ruby slippers on her Christmas tree in that one scene where she's hanging ornaments on the tree. Uh, I just love this movie so, so much. There was also a lot of improvisation. You know, when Joe is in the shop around the corner and he's got the fish. And at one point as he's leaving, he's um, the balloon he's got is caught in the doorway. And he opens the door and he says, good thing it wasn't the fish. And then Meg laughs. And that was improvised. That wasn't in the script. And it's such a cute little moment. I also learned in my research that Meg got her first computer doing the film. So I don't know. There's just so much. This movie is just, it's just loaded with gems of wonderfulness. It makes me so, so happy. So I hope you guys enjoyed our little chat about it. And uh, I want to do our cool down. So I want everyone to take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. And think about bravery. Just think about bravery. Think about it. Breathe out. Now, we talked about a moment in the film when Meg feels like she hasn't been brave. And so I just want to encourage everyone to find a little moment today, tomorrow, within the coming weeks, to be a little bit extra brave. And if there's something you've always wanted to do that you haven't had the courage to do, someone uh, you haven't quite gotten up the courage to talk to, maybe, maybe you got a crush on someone, but you've been afraid to talk to them. I don't know, anything that you feel like you've maybe been holding back. Try to be brave this week, just like Meg in the movie. <laughs> I know that's sad. It's cheesy, but I don't know. And with that, I'll leave you. I love you so much. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.